Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This week, looking at August 7th, 1982, which was taped on August 4th, 1982 in Shreveport, Louisiana at the Irish McNeil Boys Club. And without any further ado, the man who will be joining me for this journey as he does each and every week, you know him best from Booking the Territory, your friend and mine, Mike Mills. Mike, another action-packed week of Mid-South Wrestling. Another fun week as we are, I guess, closing out the summer months in Mid-South. And I tell you what, man, you can tell it's kind of hot in that building there in with no AC, which uh, <laughs> I always, I mean, I know it's talked about a lot, but I don't think people realize it, man. Back then, man, you are all these buildings that wrestling was in and none of them had AC. I don't say none of them, but many of them did not have AC. And you just look at the guys and they're, they're sweating like they're dripping and glistening with water like they just got out of a swimming pool or something. But another fun week, and I know it was hot as the promotion's hot, along with the actual physical buildings themselves as the walls are probably sweating in these places. And one of the things you notice is that Boy Pierce and Bill Watts sitting at the table, they both have their formats in front of them. They both need to hold the formats down with one of their hands because the fan is blowing very closely by, obviously, because it is so hot in there. But speaking of which, let's get to the show open. Let's hear what Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce have to say this week. Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we have a lot of exciting action coming up for you. It'll be headlined by a tag team action at its very best as Mr. Olympia joins forces with the Junkyard Dog against the rugged duo from General Skandor Akbar's army of Killer Khan and 454-pound one-man gang. You'll see all the great stars in action, including Colonel Buck Robley, North American heavyweight champion Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and talking about top stars, we have him with us today as our guest commentator, the Oklahoma Stampeder, Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill? Well, Boyd Pierce, thank you, and it's certainly great to be back here again. And, of course, uh, you mentioned the top situation coming up with the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia against Killer Khan and the one-man gang, and we're all excited about it. However, I think uh, matchmaker Grizzly Smith is in some hot water right now because you recall two weeks ago the Junkyard Dog made an ultimatum. He said everybody's getting their way with ultimatums. He made one that he wouldn't appear on Mid-South Television again to wrestle unless he had a match with Ted DiBiase. And, you know, last week he didn't show up. Now, that doesn't mean that he is not fulfilling all his commitments. He is defending the Mid-South tag titles in any arena in which he's booked. He's also fulfilling all commitments in the arenas, but he said he would not wrestle on Mid-South television unless he was booked against Ted DiBiase. And that's not the match that Grizzly Smith had booked for him today. And so the junkyard dog, as we came on the air here, had not yet arrived. And uh, Mr. Olympia is kind of shaking his head. I don't really think the dog is going to be here, but we'll have to see. Some interesting things there. Another reveal of something that we missed on that missing episode two weeks back. The Junkyard Dog did an interview where he gave that ultimatum. We talked about it last week, but we didn't know for sure that he actually did give this speech on the week before show, the missing episode. If anyone out there has it from July 24th, 1982, it may sometimes be labeled as July 22nd, 1982. Get in touch with the show and we'll see what we can do about doing a special episode. But as of now, it's a lost episode. And the Junkyard Dog, he's fulfilling all his commitments at the arena shows, but he will not be on TV until he gets DiBiase. Yeah, and I I like the fact that Bill Watts explains that because... It, it, it To me, it does a couple of things, but one being the main thing is you're not seeing this guy on television. So if you want to see him, you got to get out and get to the live shows, which back then, Brian, I mean, the live gate was a was a big deal. I mean, wasn't it? You, you had to get the butts in the seats, right? 
It was the primary focus, the primary revenue generator. There was no pay-per-view. There was very limited merchandising. There weren't really television rights fees. It was about the live gate. Right. So I'm not saying that this was Bill's ultimate gain here or goal, but my point is, you know, JYD gave this ultimatum. And while it's a part of the storyline that he's not going to show up on television, I think uh, a side benefit of this is, well, if you want, he's not saying it, but I'm, I know there are many fans thinking it. Well, damn, if I want to see dog, I got to go to the events. I, I'm not seeing him on TV at all. So I just thought there was a, a nice little way to spin it, even though he doesn't directly say that. Uh, I just I enjoy I, I think that was a nice benefit of, of JYD not being on TV. Now, I like how Watts positions this at the beginning of the episode, because, you know, this is going to be the, the main event or the or the last match or well, I don't want to say the last match, but this is this is going to be a big match that is supposed to be happening in this episode. So. If dog doesn't show up, well, what's going to happen? Well, guess what? Now we got to wait till, you know, who knows when. So we got to stay tuned. We're not, you know, changing the channel because it's a big deal. We got to see if the dog's going to show up, whether it's the last match or second to last match or whatever in this episode. From there, we go to a segment that is not on the WWE Network version of Mid-South Wrestling. And there are various times that this happens. We run into it here. You may notice if you watch the show on the network, the time, the runtime, is very, very short because several things have been edited out. Not because of a child sticking his face in the Paul Ellering's ass, but for different reasons, like rights issues. And we are fortunate enough that because we have such an archive of Mid-South Wrestling, we have this clip at our disposal, and we're going to play it right now. Mike, set this up. So this is from Japan, and... Murdoch, you know, if you remember kind of, I guess Watts has been teasing, you know, DiBiase or, you know, this whole thing with DiBiase and dog and Murdoch's thoughts on it. And while we don't get a Murdoch's thoughts right here on the dog, we get we get a clip of Murdoch from Japan. So I don't really want to say anything more. I kind of was going to play it and we can talk about it on the other side. So let's do that now. Right now, by satellite, we'll have an interview from Dick with Dick Murdoch that he re pre-recorded delayed from Osaka, Japan. As we've told you, the Captain Redneck is on a big tour over there. He'll be back in the very near future. Let's listen to Dick Murdoch and his comments from Osaka, Japan, a Japanese commentator, part of which you'll be able to understand and part you will not, but we thought we'd share it with you. I'm Japanese TV sports commentator. My name is Ichiro Furutachi. Osaka in Japan. え、アメリカの大人気のディックマードク選手、え、サマファイトシリーズ第1弾日本マットでも大変な活躍ぶりです。あの得意のブレーンバスターが炸裂するときはもうどうという歓声が沸き起こります。こちらにディックマードク選手
I'm looking forward to getting back home and wrestling a great competition in the Mid-South area. And by golly, I'm doing my best. It's been a good tour. And I just want to say one thing. I'll be home, and it won't be long. Thank you, Bill. Well, Boyd Pierce, there you hear from Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, who is truly an international star. And we'll be hearing some more from him later in today's program. But now to you. And we'll have exciting live action, the first match in the ring, after this message from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Well, there it is. Not the first time that Dick Murdoch has sent in audio from Japan to Mid-South Wrestling or previously Tri-States Wrestling. We have a video, actually, that was one of the things I had converted years ago off two-inch tape from Japan, which was Dick Murdoch doing a promo about Killer Carl Cox when that feud was hot and heavy. Not just in Mid-South, actually. They had a legendary match in Japan, too, that I know my friend Masahori told me was the match that got him hooked on wrestling. Killer Carl Cox and Dick Murdoch in an all-Japan ring. Here's Dick Murdoch with New Japan sending in a promo. Not a mention about Ted DiBiase, Mike. Yeah, I uh, so we didn't get a mention of Ted DiBiase here, even though Watts has been teasing it for weeks and weeks and weeks now since the turn. But I, I I like the fact that they show this clip on you know the original version, and we get to see Murdoch there. And I actually think like you know psychologically it puts over Mid South as a big deal because you know Murdoch's talking about how he's on a world tour. You know he's been over there with Andre as well, and you know there he can't wait to get back to the Mid South. It makes Mid-South, in my opinion, look like that much of a bigger deal because it's like, well, this promotion is just one of these southern territories. But, man, look, that's one of our guys. That's Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, and he's over there competing internationally, and he's fighting, you know, big-time stars, and he's over in Japan. And, you know, the world was a much smaller place back then, Brian. We didn't have access to all this stuff like we do now. I mean, right now, everything's at the, you know, at your fingertips. You go on YouTube, you Google it, you get whatever you want just about. Now, but back then, man, we got a clip of, Captain Redneck from Japan? This is a treat, man. And I get to hear him do an interview over there? I, you know, he doesn't mention DiBiase, but at this point as a kid, I wasn't disappointed. I was like, wow, I'm watching, I'm watching him from Japan. And then the way Watts sold it at the beginning, he's like, we got him right now on satellite phone. <laughs> Which I thought that was I thought that was a nice little uh nice little work, so to say, uh from Bill Watts right there. From there we go to Ted DiBiase, the aforementioned Ted DiBiase, the North American champion. Versus Tommy Saxon making his debut here with Alfred Neely as the referee. Let's go to a little bit of audio from Cowboy Bill Watts talking about this big issue that's been going on for a while now. Ted DiBiase refusing to wrestle the Junkyard Dog. My boy Pierce, Ted DiBiase is the man of the hour one way or another. He's like he keeps saying the day of the Junkyard Dog is over. It's now the Ted DiBiase hour, but that remains to be seen. But certainly he's the center of a lot of controversy and a lot of action. You attract a crowd when you're the North American champion. I noticed DiBiase has not made it any easier for Grizzly Smith because he hasn't put his name on a contract to wrestle JYD here on television. And this is really creating some problems for the Mid-South executives and uh, matchmakers and President Charlie Lay because Junkyard Dog, without a doubt, is a top box office attraction to have ever appeared on Mid-South television. And the fans at home want to get a chance to see him also. He certainly doesn't have a scarcity of places he can go. He headlined the Omni the other day. Houston, Texas, he drew the all-time record gate there. Madison Square Garden promoter Vince McMahon, uh, he wants the dog. So the dog has a lot of places to go, but he, he loves the Mid-South area. He just feels that guys have used him and, and, and forced him into situations. And he's showing them that two can play that game. He's going to force DiBiase into a confrontation here on Mid-South television. 
so many women sitting around ringside, not just the old women and camera view, but if you look at the side angle, last week I noticed it, and again this week, a lot of young ladies at ringside. Yeah, we. I don't know if we've talked about it a lot on this show. I know you've talked about it on many of your shows with Corny and whatnot, but, you know, I went to an ROH show uh, about a year and a half ago in my area, and um, actually, I like ROH, and I, I had a great time there, and I thought it was an entertaining night, but... Uh, something that just amazed me as I looked around is it was nothing but mostly guys um, younger than me. Um, you know, I'm in my 40s, but um, there literally was no not many. I don't want to say none. There were were nowhere near as many young ladies, uh, nor were there old people except for one old couple, which I took a picture of because it just amazed me uh, so much uh, at this event. So when you say that, I mean. I don't, I don't I, again, Brian and I don't rehearse anything here. We just kind of get on here and talk about the episodes and I no clue this was coming. But yeah, as you say that, it just makes you think about how the makeup of the audience just used to be completely different. And, and uh, not only the eighties and nineties, but uh, you know, just from now until then, man, it's just a big difference. Alfred Neely is the referee for this match, which by the way, Ted DiBiase wins with his figure four, but I have a little more audio from this match because I found it really interesting. Bill Watts, putting over Alfred Neely and talking about his success in business in Nashville, Arkansas, and how Alfred Neely is living the American dream. Tommy Saxon out there, wrestling DiBiase, an unknown, first time we've seen him here on Mid-South. Alfred Neely, the referee, checking it out, and I've got to congratulate Alfred Neely. He just opened up a Zip, Zippy's car wash and convenience store in Nashville, Arkansas. A long way for a man shows that the American dream is still true, that you can Work hard and try hard and success will come to you because I remember I met this kid when he was 12 years old. He was working for a promoter called Leonard Clay, putting up and down the bleachers and things like that in Texarkana, Little Rock, hard worker. And then he went into business for himself and this is his second business in Nashville, Arkansas. And I know that talking to people up there, they're proud of him. I'm certainly proud that I've got to know him and associate with him and see a youngster that's just work hard, be successful. I thought that was pretty cool, Mike, putting over Alfred Neely like that. Yeah, I, I, I thought so as well. I was like, oh, that's that's cool, putting him over. I wonder if Zippy's is still open um, and uh, maybe, you know, made it made it as far as today. I doubt it. I don't know why I should doubt it. I've just never heard of Zippy's, but, you know, it just makes me makes me wonder. From there, Mike, we go to our next match. It's the Colonel Buck Robley versus Billy the Star Child Star with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Did we ever figure out why exactly he's a Colonel Buck Robley? I have no clue. <laughs> he's Colonel. I have no. I don't think we ever did. Couple of notes about this match, Mike. I felt the match was way too long. You could tell Buck Robley's booking. This was way longer than it needed to be, focusing way too much on the headlock as a maneuver over and over again. Um, that was the only thought I really had. The match went on too long. Did you, what did you think? Yeah, it definitely was long. And like, the thing is, um, I didn't make the tie between Robley and Robley booking and whatnot as to why it may have been too long on TV. But I will say this, you know, we, we talked about Billy, the star child star last week and how I think he uh, was wrestled at Olympia and it was a pretty good little match. And, you know, Billy star child, he, he, he sells well. I mean, he, he plays the role of, I guess the enhancement talent heel really, really good on mid South TV. I mean, he, he doesn't look good. Nothing's pretty, but again, he's a heel. So he's supposed to kind of 
kind of look raggedy and whatnot. And uh, I think, um, you know, he gets the booze, he gets the crowd into it. That's a, that's about the only thing I would take from from not really this match, but uh, he did it really well last week. But this just went on too long. And it really makes you, in my opinion, and this is not a slight on uh, Buckley, George, Christopher Robley, the third or fourth or fifth or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's really it's really it's really um it's really a nod to, um, you know, more of Olympia and, and Billy Starchild star than it is a knock on Robley here. With like you think about their match last week and how the fans were much much more into it than they were this week. And I think last week went just as long, maybe not. But uh, this just uh, there was nothing really much to pick off of this other than, you know, Robley won as would you would predict. Robley wins with the sleeper, but during the match, Bill Watts has some more thoughts about the current situation with the junkyard dog. Let's listen to that audio right now. And I checked during the commercial break and the junkyard dog has not arrived. And boy, I know the dog pretty well. I, I feel that he and I have been friends for some time and very, very close. And he doesn't make statements lightly. If he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And if he tells you he's not going to do something, he's not. And uh, you know, that junkyard dog is a lot of his personality. He's tougher than a junkyard dog, and he's just as stubborn, and he's not going to be here. I, did, I think Grizzly Smith is going to have a mess on his hands when it comes up time for Olympia and the dog to wrestle Khan and the one-man gang because Khan and one-man gang are probably one of the top contenders for that Mid-South tag title. Of course, DiBiase and his newfound partner, Hacksaw Dugan, say they're the top contenders for that title. So it's going to get pretty interesting. Big John Studd and Super Destroyer think that they're top contenders. But irregardless, I don't know what Grizzly Smith's going to do for the match today. Well, there it is. More about the Junkyard Dog situation. Well, Bill Watts basically saying he's not going to be wrestling in that tag team match later on in the show. And one final thought here. For those of you wondering, after we talked about him a few weeks back, the obnoxious kid in the yellow shirt with the hat is in the <laughs> crowd again. I just want to point that out. I when I was watching this episode, I think Brian's going to lose his crap over this kid again who won't shut up. And is, uh, th this kid is uh, trying to steal the show out there in the bleachers. He's he's up there having a good time. And uh, he's he is definitely not Brian Last's friend, nor is he on Brian Last's Christmas card list. <laughs> no, he certainly isn't. Or my Hanukkah card list. Screw this kid. But anyway, from there, we get our next match. It is Hacksaw Duggan. Versus Tony Torres, who we haven't seen in a little while here on Mid-South Wrestling, with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Any thoughts on this match before we play some audio, Mike? Not really. It's, uh, I think we should just go to the audio. I mean, Watts says DiBiase is willing to uh, negotiate an appearance with JYD in a match, but, um, you know, we'll have to see. I don't, I don't really uh, – we'll hear it in the audio shortly. Well, forget about shortly. Let's play it right now. Here's Bill Watts talking about the negotiations of Ted DiBiase. I understand that DiBiase is willing to negotiate an appearance here on Mid-South Championship Wrestling against the Junkyard Dog, but DiBiase wants the Dog and Mr. Olympia to have to put up the Mid-South tag titles against himself and Hacksaw Dugan. And he said that he has defended the North American title against the Dog. The Dog did not win it in the Dome, in the, in the Superdome. Therefore, he doesn't have to defend it again on television, but the, the Dog first has to defend the Mid-South tag titles against DiBiase and Dugan, figuring that if they can win the Mid-South Tag Titles, Dog will almost be totally embarrassed and forced out. There's that head spear. That's that head spear that in pro football now when the running back is on the ground, that's illegal. Sticking that, that head right into his face there. He just obliterated Torres. And look, the amazing thing is look at the strength and the stamina. This man picks this guy up like he's just a sack of potatoes. 
hoists him high in the air and runs all over the place, battering him around. This, this is just really, if you've ever picked up somebody to body slam him in the ring, to actually run around with him and run him into the corner posts and turnbuckles, all this effort out there, this can just give you some insight as to the power of this man. Hacksaw Dugan continues his rugged but winning ways with a victory, and we'll be back after this message from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Jim Duggan wins with a backbreaker after running Torres into the post a few times and surprisingly gets a lot of cheers from the fans there, even though he is clearly a heel and he was aligned with Ted DiBiase last week, Mike. Yeah, it was a little weird. I mean, it just makes you wonder if, because uh, the, the crowd does stand up and cheer. It just makes you wonder if, if, I don't know, they just were impressed with his power and whatnot, because you're right, he was aligned with DiBiase last week and, and you had you had said it. I didn't want to mention it, but you had said like you know this is kind of the beginning. I look at this as the very very early stages of the Rat Pack. So the fact that hmm, he got a cheer after aligning himself with DiBiase is is uh, weird. Also, the the other thing too is I think those cheers will definitely go away because if you remember, Watch right there is also mentioning how you know hey DiBiase is willing to negotiate an appearance with JYD, but uh, DiBiase says you know he'll have to give. Uh, if he has to give JYD a title shot on TV, then JYD and Olympia need to wrestle he and Duggan uh, for the Mid South titles on the line with with them with the Mid South titles on the line. I want to say so. I maybe once that is mentioned on TV in the next few weeks, the fans will start to react differently to Duggan. But um, who knows? They were they were definitely happy at this moment, though. You could tell it definitely was hot there because they seem to be doing the least amount as possible to get through this television taping because from here we get a recap of the entire Iron Mike Sharp Skandar Akbar feud from two weeks back on the lost episode where Akbar got pile driven and then they play the entire match from last week again Iron Mike Sharp versus the Louisiana State Champion Killer Khan and I don't have any notes because we discussed this all last week anything to say Mike? No, just the the fact that they literally recapped the Sharp and One Man Gang and that ending with Akbar uh, being pile driven, and then again, like you just said, they replayed the entire Mike Sharp versus Killer Khan for the Louisiana Championship match that aired, which again ended with <laughs> with Akbar getting pile driven again. Other than that, you know, if you want to know what happened in those matches, uh, go back and listen to last week. Uh, it was a good good episode, good stuff that happened there. But I mean, full replay of 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 one of them in full. Uh, yeah, not much to discuss. From there, we get the tag team match that has been built up throughout the program. Killer Khan and the one-man gang with General Skandar Akbar versus Mr. Olympia and no junkyard dog. Instead, precious Paul Ellering with Alfred Neely as the referee. Ellering throws some of the worst drop kicks you'll ever see in your life during this match. <laughs> Did you catch that? Oh, they weren't that bad. Oh, I mean, come on. Anyway. That last one was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that bad. Um, you know, and the other thing too is Olympia threw one like early in that match that was freaking fabulous on Gang. Like he he gets nice elevation, and Gang is a big man, and it's a it's a nice stiff, hard hit and drop kick. So yeah, when when Ellering does it, you know it it didn't look as good. But you know the thing about Ellering, we talked about his injury. I mean, how much was he was he limited here? Like I don't know. What did you think as far as his limitations go with the drop kick or just in general? Just in general, I mean, because, I mean, he's 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 still, I mean, I forget how far off he was from his injury. And, I mean, he looks like he's moving all right for the most part, but I don't know. I mean, it's 
it's I would still think that, you know, medicine wasn't where it was now. I mean, you have a major knee injury or, or any type of major injury, shoulder, elbow, arm, anything in your body back then that's major, man. It's a total different ball game than what we're dealing with in today's day and age. You have to wonder, considering what Paul Ellering looks like now and considering what he looked like from, I don't know, 1986, 1987 on, if maybe part of the knee issue was he was carrying way too much weight on his frame to do such strenuous physical activity, not even talking about whatever he did in the weight room, but just in the ring, taking bumps, falling on your knees, whatever it may be. Look at him now. Look at him in the late 80s. Look at him in the 90s. And look at him here. He's carrying a lot more weight than he probably should be. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a he's not a huge guy, but I mean, he's he's pretty muscular right now. And I don't know, man. It just makes me wonder if, like, you know, we take for like here's what I mean by taking for granted knee injuries and any type of injuries. Like, like back then, you you dealt with like an ACL type knee injury or something, man. That was that was brutal on a on a pro whether it's football player a pro athlete in general's career and i mean then you fast forward to you know 2010 up until now or even the 2000s there's there's been such advancements in modern medicine and and being able to reconstruct the knee and joints and things like that that it i mean literally you have football players who come back in you know eight months time from things like that i know this isn't pro football my point is like the injuries that he had, how much of a toll did that take on him and his ability to move and do the things that he needed to do in a ring that he could that he could do prior to? I don't have the answer to that. I just wonder like how that limited him. He looks great, but it's one thing to look great. You can still look great, but still not have the maneuverability that you once had, but prior to your injuries and whatnot. Does that make sense, Brian? That makes perfect sense. And again, this is him winding down his active career as a wrestler. And uh, well, right. Why don't we play some audio before we get going, because this match is rather brief. Here is some audio of the closing moments of this match. Precious Paul didn't get quite enough height to take the big man off his feet, but he's out there firing away. This is broke down into a big wild four-way, all four men in the ring. It's what makes it hard to referee at a bout like this with guys this size. They're fighting away there. Double it up on Precious Paul. He just caught two huge ones. Oh, and a clothesline by the one-man gang on Mr. Olympia and Killer Khan. This devastating team definitely could be number one for that Mid-South Tag Team title. And to the line of General Skandor look Akbar. At, look how happy Akbar is now. Killer Khan in the one-man gang. We'll be back with more exciting things here on Mid-South Wrestling after this match. You can tell this episode is light on action to play on the show because we just played 10 seconds of crowd noise here. Yeah, I was (laughs) I was going to say that like a lot of times when you notice when when we have the match finishes from the audio we have, like Bill Watts will generally do a pretty good job of describing the action and mentioning exactly what we're seeing. And he really does a good job of recapping, whereas right there, literally, you don't even know what's going on. So let me just tell you, Alfred Neely is over there with Olympia trying to tell Olympia to get out of the ring. 
um, and he's in the corner. Uh, Gang and Khan during that moment, they're double teaming Ellering pretty good. The fans are screaming at the ref, but I mean, literally, Neely's just battling Olympia saying, no, get out the ring, get out the ring. And then Olympia does get out the ring. As the gang and Khan finish double teaming Ellering in the corner, who's now on his back, and Khan has has dropped the the big knee on to Ellering. Gang comes over, hits Olympia with a with a clothesline that Olympia sells great in the corner, takes a nice bump. And Alfred Neely sees it, but then he turns around and sees the legal man, which is Ellering and Khan, in the ring. And Khan has Ellering pinned. So Alfred Neely goes over and makes the one, two, three count. So Ellering and Olympia lose. But I mean, you wouldn't have known any of that unless you watched it, uh, because a lot of the times, like, I don't know, Watts just was kind of like observing it and not really commenting on what was happening, which he normally does a great job of. It makes you wonder, are he and Boyd just over there sweating, you know, like hogs because they've got (laughs) suits on? Can you I mean, can you seriously, Brian, it's got to be 100 plus in this building and they're over there in suits. And sports coats. They had to be sweltering hot. Uh, anyway, I mean, even though they had a fan blowing on them, I mean, it gets to the point where the fan's just blowing hot air. But that's what went down in the end. Khan pinned Ellering for his team, and they got the win. From there, Mike, we get our final segment on this week's show. And once again, this is something that is not on the WWE Network. But fortunately, we have it through our other sources. So, Mike, why don't you set this up and tell us what we're about to see? Yeah, yeah, no. So, so Watts... Um, recaps like DiBiase's turn and then he throws it to Murdoch in Japan. And um, so let, let, let's just go to that right now. That way we can get the, uh, get the audio from it. It's a, again, this is like Brian said, this is not, if you're watching along with us on the WWE network, this is not on the network. So you won't, uh, you won't see it or, or hear any of it there. So let's go to the audio now. Japan, uh, Dick Murdoch congratulated DiBiase, but also let it be known that, Hey, now that you're a North American champion, you're a man. You've got to defend the title, and he was one of the ones going to challenge for it. But let's watch Dick Murdoch right now from Osaka, Japan. You know, the news of Ted DiBiase winning the North American Heavyweight Wrestling Championship in the Mid-South area has hit Japan with a bang. You know, I always knew that Ted DiBiase was a great, great athlete, a great wrestler. You know, I brought him up. We got him into school. I knew him when he was a little kid. I took him on rides at the playground. We got him in college to play football at the University, uh, West Texas State University. We got him in professional wrestling. I tutored him for three years. The man was great. He's been a great athlete. And, and I don't know how he's done it, but, Teddy, the news of your victory over here is uh, really outstanding news to the Japanese uh, fans, to the American wrestlers that's here, and also the Japanese wrestlers. I'll just say one thing. I want to wish you luck on winning it, but by golly, when I get back home, I want to be one of the first to challenge you for it because friendship goes out to win it, Teddy, when that bell rings. And when it rings, we're going to be out there digging, trying to beat each other. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm looking forward to seeing a dog. I'm looking forward to seeing Killer Khan with Big Bertha right here. It's going to be an exciting time when I return to the Mid-South area. Well, Boyd Pierce, between that interview and this next incident, this next match with Dick Murdoch in the main event in Osaka, Japan, later that night, he had gotten my phone call there, and I told him what had happened with the junkyard dog and with DiBiase. And to say that he was disappointed is totally an understatement, and the disappointment led to anger. And we'll stay with television time permitting this match of Dick Murdoch in the main event in Osaka, Japan, against one of their great champions, Fujiyama. Let's join that in progress now. Well, there it is, Bill Watts, talking about a match between Dick Murdoch and Fujiyara, whoever that is. I think he means Fujinami. But more interesting, 
Dick Murdoch used to take Ted DiBiase to the playground. That's news. Yeah, that's news. And again, <laughs> we got teased here because we've been waiting now for a while to figure out what Murdoch's going to think about not only the fact that DiBiase won the title, but how it all went down. And then so when we hear this interview, we hear we hear Murdoch giving his thoughts on DiBiase, but it's more of, hey, you know, um, you know, I, I used to have known this guy for a long time and. And can't wait to get back to the Mid-South area. And even though he's a champion, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, who knows? You know, I, I, I'd love that title, too. But we don't hear the fallout you know, of what Murdoch really thinks about DiBiase winning because of how he won it. So we've strung ourselves along again. And now we now Watts tells us, you know, right after that interview, I called him up and said, hey, you know, Murdoch, do you realize how he won it? Because it's not always what happened. It's how it went down. And. Now we got to wait to see what Murdoch thinks on how it all went down. All we got there was that it did go down, but not the the how of it all. With that, I guess all we have left is the closing of the show. Let's go to that audio right now. Sorry, we couldn't say with the match is being commentated in Japanese, but Dick Murdoch went on to gain a victory in that match. We have time to tell you that next week here on Mid-South Wrestling, direct from the Houston Coliseum, you'll see the Junkyard Dog versus Nick Bockwinkel. My guest commentator will be Bob Roop. So until then, for a job well done, thanks to our guest commentator this week, Bill Watts. I'm Boyd Pierce saying thank you for watching. We'll see you next week on Mid-South Wrestling. Well, that wraps up another week of Mid-South Wrestling here on the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review. A shorter episode than usual, but we had less content than usual to go over. And as we wrap things up, I want to remind you, you can listen to me on the 605 Super Podcast, The Mothership, at 605pod.com, or available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Great Brian Last. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at Super Podcasts. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, the page, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. Mike? How can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? Just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcasts from. We're basically everywhere. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Tuned In Radio. Two shows per week. One of them we cover the NWA Saturday night shows from the mid-80s and all the great stuff that happened there with the Horsemen, Ric Flair, and... Just a, just a really fun time there. And then also the Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. Uh, every single Sunday night we do those from Jim Cornette's promotion in the 90s. Again, just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. Or you can go to tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Listen to myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner twice per week in our unprofessional wrestling podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike504Saints. Brian, another fun week. Another week for me to mention. Thank you for all the five-star reviews out there. And that's all I have. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.